Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. Anybody ever read this passage, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20? If you've been in the church more than a few years, you've heard this passage a lot. Today I want to, my, my teaching is a spiritual warfare overview. I'm going to read the passage. I'm going to read it from the uh, Passion Translation. It's going to be a little different than... I just, I feel like we're supposed to be doing something more. Is there something more I'm missing here? I think so. Okay, come come on up here. So we got to do the uh, mic so folks online can hear you. Ah, notice she just popped right up. Okay, I'll hold this. Um, When he said about being love and and to do the fellowships and that so that we can really know one another... Um, I was listening to something, and it said, if we're not rooted and grounded in love, we just walk in offense. Everybody offends us. If you're not rooted and grounded in love, today you're going to be offended. And if you are, come talk to us, because we know how to walk you through it. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. I'm going to keep this with me, I have this sneaking suspicion. I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, if you're serving God the way you should be serving God, you're going to have to let go of being a control freak. Because being a Christian by nature is out of control, out of your control anyway. You stop being God and you admit He is not you. Yeah? Okay. That one right there was worth the price of admission. Okay, I'm going to read this. Ephesians 6, 10 through until I stop, okay? Okay, now beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Now, I know if you're not in the Passion Translation, this is going to read a fair bit different than yours. And it's okay. It's all right. I want you to hear how this is worded. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. I love that. Your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in and through you. Anybody care to like do that? Three of you do. Anybody else in here alive? I, how would you like to really walk in His explosive power? Okay, let's keep reading. I'm going to go through, read the whole passage, then we're going to backtrack. Verse 11, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. 
Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. Let's, let's pause. Pause and reflect. Oh, I, I can't just keep going. Do you know our hand-to-hand combat is not with the Democrat Party or the Republican Party? It's not with those jerks that do that thing. You know, they, they aren't, you know, the people that rub your fur the wrong way. Yeah, they're not the problem. Just a thought, it might be you. Or it might be demonic influence in the situation. Let me go back over 11 again. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things. Ah, you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Yes. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you and stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield. Dave knows about that one. He's got, don't you have one of those, Dave? One of those wraparound Roman shields? Um, Take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Okay, move on, John. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Take like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Take the mighty razor-sharp sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all His believers and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. Amen. Okay, now, I told you I'm doing an overview teaching on this passage and I'm going to explain to you why. If you've heard this passage preached before, like some of you, like 30 times or 100, we get so caught up in the analogy and forget the point. All the armament is a description of the, a Roman soldier who, by the way, at the time, they were the superpower of the, of the world, militarily. And Paul, yes, he is describing the armament of a Roman soldier. But uh, he's not telling us to walk around looking like Roman soldiers. He's, t- he's talking to us about doing some things. So I just want to go quickly through what he's telling us to do. Step number one. Acknowledge that we live in, in a world that is entirely inundated in a spiritual realm that we can't see. It's right here, right now. It's, it's all around us. There's angels, there's demons. 
Yeah, I don't care what science tells you. Science is based in what, for the most part, what we can see, touch, hear, smell. It's based in our senses and there's, there's dimensions or spiritual realms that are high, that are, we don't have any perception in except when God gives us perception through the Holy Spirit. There's things going on around us all the time. Listen to me. Every culture of the world knows there's a spiritual realm. Why? Because they've experienced it. Oh, well, that's just superstition. And yeah, it's superstition right up until you cast a demon out of somebody. The demon that's tortured their lives. Yeah, I have done that. And many in this room have. Demons and, and Satan are quite real. Step number one, admit that we're, we are in a battle in a world where for now God allows good and evil to coexist. He's allowing it in His patience as He calls His beloved children to Himself. He's not going to put up with it forever. And if you don't believe there's a hell then what do you think God's going to do with all the evil and evil ones? What's He going to do with them? Allow them in heaven? Heaven will look just like here. He has to separate them. He has to separate good and evil. This world is painful and confusing because in His patience, He's allowing them to coexist. And it's, it, it, it's confusing and it, it should be confusing. You know, I heard many years ago, if you understand crazy, what does that say about you? It's crazy. The devil's crazy. Everything good has been extracted from him because God is good. In the absence of anything good, what's left? Darkness, evil. We're fighting against insane evil beings. And yet, listen to me. Each one of you was created in the image of God. To be a son and daughter. And listen to me. To be more than the devil. To be more than an angel. To be more than... We are created with a capacity to, that we are more than. No angel, the scriptures teach us, was ever called a son or a daughter. And yet that's what we are through Christ. We are more than. All I want you to get today is be sure that we're not living a fantasy, a fairy tale religion. That you don't acknowledge the truth of what's going on all around us. Why do those people act so crazy? Why does the world behave in such evil manners because they're demon inspired and deceived and God in his love for each one of those precious ones is trying to call them out of darkness into light and in our lives listen to me all the things that happen to us in our lives every evil painful bad thing came from the same root in that sin because in heaven and with God there's no evil, there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no dying. 
We need to interpret what's going on in the world around us. My brothers and sisters, don't ask God, why did you take my loved one? Why did you... You know, we want to question God as if His character is in question. I'm getting ahead of myself on that one. Okay. Let's talk about what the weapons of our warfare are. Number one, forget the analogy. Truth. Truth is is a a weapon. It's a shield. It's a protection of our life. Truth is, is literally, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth, everything, truth is an essence of who he is. When we choose a lie over the truth, we choose the devil over Jesus. The devil's the father of every lie. Right? Truth is part of a key piece of being protected in this life. Truth sets us free. Lies bind us. Oh, well, it was only a little white lie. No, it was a completely dark black lie. If it was a lie. It was... Oh, it wasn't that bad. I don't think that's how God measures out lies. Lies are like lies. It's not true. Oh, well, that's your truth and this is my truth. Well, in that case, there's no truth at all because if we get our own truth, we just make up what we want and we're right back to fairy tale religion. We're making up our own fairy tales. Demonically inspired fairy tales. Okay, so, having said that, living in the truth, speaking truth, being honest about you. So, you know what? One of the, one of the most difficult things and one of the most greatest expressions of humility, I believe, is when you're right in the middle of spinning your interpretation of what the truth is to somebody else so you look better. No one here does that but me, Right? You humble yourself in the right in the middle of it and say, I really did mean that this way. I really didn't do it. And you humble yourself and you admit the truth. Living in the truth will change your life because if you admit the truth of what you've done, it gives you the opportunity to change. And as soon as you lie, let me, let me tell you this. If you feed sin secrecy, it turns into a monster and it eats you. If you feed sin, you committed a sin. If you feed that sin secrecy, it turns into a monster and it eats your life. Because why? Because you're joining with the devil in how he operates. And he's out to murder you. He's out to kill you and anybody that looks like you. The truth is our greatest ally. We, get, we become better and better. We become more Christ-like as we live in the truth. Here's something. There's higher truth. The truth is that we're, we're incomplete and we're, we're weak on our own. But the higher truth is that Jesus has come by His Spirit to us to make us completely righteous and holy before God. There's a higher truth that we begin to accept what He says about our life. Yeah? 
This is an overview. I need to move on. This is a segue into the next part of our armament is righteousness. Do you know that through the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus and our faith in him, you've been given complete right standing with God? In the, in, in the Passion Translation, it, it, it used the term holiness in place of that righteousness. We're right standing. Holiness is, is who God is. It's his nature. We get to be like God. We're given righteousness, but in this thing of spiritual warfare, the key piece of it is you receive the righteousness for free, and then you start working it. You use it. It is not a static thing. Oh, I can do anything. I've been saved by Jesus. No, you can't. If you've been given righteousness and you're not using it, you're not walking in righteousness. And it's a process, guys. We've been giving, given the entirety of the holiness of, of God through Christ Jesus, but then we learn how to live it. See, back to the whole fairy tale religion thing, you don't got to do anything different because Jesus has done it all for you, so you can just live like hell because Jesus gave you heaven. There's something wrong with that thinking. There's no life in it and it leaves you open to whatever the devil wants to do because you're playing right into his ways. A protection in all of our lives is living out the righteousness that we've been given for free. We're not following rules to get righteousness. We've been given righteousness and we're learning how to use it, how to live in it. Okay. Look at your neighbor and say, that, that preacher's talking to you. So, the armament that you've been given to stand. Notice Paul says, I think it's three times in the passage, that we're going to stand to hold your ground is truth. Forget the shield. Forget the analogy. It's truth. It's righteousness you've been given use it walk in it live it love it the next piece of it is the gospel of peace most of your your translations will say the gospel of peace and i want to ask you this what is the message of your life when you walk up to somebody and start talking to them and then you walk away what will they say your life message is <laughs> you know hopefully they say well that guy's that guy loves Jesus. That lady, she's a Jesus freak. You know, hopefully that you, when you walk away, they don't say, wow, that dude was a downer. That lady is like a worry wart. What's the message of your life? It's so easy to get it in our mind. I'm a Christian and, and you forgot to tell your mouth. What's the message of your life? What's coming out of your mouth? Is there, see the word gospel means good news. We're messengers of good news. We're dispensers of peace. We're, we're dispensers of hope. If the Lord has invested in you and it's not coming out of your mouth, you need to check your portfolio. 
What is invested in there? Because if it's all constantly negative, hopeless worry coming out of your mouth, you've invested in the wrong thing. See, we are the people that has the presence of God in our lives. Our, the weapon of our warfare is good news. And that's a spoken thing. You know, you want to change the world? Start sharing hope with someone who's hopeless. You want to change your life? Change your thinking. Stop doing the things that cause you to live in negativity, hopelessness, no peace. Stop it. Knock it off. It's not worth it. I had a good, good, a good friend of mine, preacher, who knows, maybe he's watching online today. He, he told me one time, he said, brother, I had to stop watching, and he named a, a certain Christian TV channel. And I said, well, why? And he says, I don't agree with a lot of those people. They're just weird, weird preachers. And he says, it was making me sin, so I stopped watching it. And if he can do that with that, surely we can stop watching the news when it causes us to worry. Oh, I need to know what's going on in the world. I don't know. I don't care what you know about what's going on in the world. What are you doing about it? That's what I care about. Because if you're not a dispenser of hope and peace and joy, which is the strength of the Lord, then you're sharing the wrong things. What's the life message you have? Because the life message you have, this good news of peace, the gospel of peace, is part of the armament God has given us to protect ourselves and others in this world. You see what I mean about ignoring the analogy? Let's get right to the, where the rubber meets the road. The next thing that Paul says is faith. He uses faith as like a shield. Let me tell you what, how faith is a shield to us. Faith is a shield because you have come... It's, faith is always about who God is. Who is He? And, and is what He says and who He is worth acting on? Faith is belief in action. Faith is our connection to His power. When you're confronted with circumstances in your life that look evil that are bad, that are pressure-filled. You know, in a couple of places, Paul says, and in the evil day, anybody ever have an evil day other than me? An evil season of your life? See, that evil season, the devil comes to you and accuses God to your face. Why has God done this to you? Faith says, I know my Father loves me. Faith stares the circumstance, the, the temporary circumstance in this life, stares it down with an eternal view of God who never changes and says, I may not understand you, but I know who He is. Circumstances in life don't sway faith. Now, I'm not saying we never waver. We may have a moment of pain, of hurt, of loss, that cause us to waver. But faith will, will always be like... Anybody ever play with a gyroscope? When I was a kid, you had those gyroscopes and you could balance them on your finger. They were... Okay, I'm old. It's fine. <laughs> Just never mind. Yeah! Oh, see, Vince is doing the motion. 
you're right up there with me, buddy. And then, yeah, or a top. Yeah, same thing. Oh, man. Faith will always, it may waver a little bit, but it always come right back up. See, faith is not about circumstances at all. Faith begins, overcoming faith begins with an absolute knowledge of who he is and what he's like. That's how faith takes from heaven and brings it into the here and now. Because it's not rocked by the circumstances. And I'm telling you, standing in faith is a fight. Paul says the enemy comes to us with fiery darts. There are those accusations. And sometimes those fiery darts come with a load of emotions. (gasps) You ever have one of those moments? Faith responds by saying, well, I don't know how, but my daddy's going to beat you. Faith is about God himself. Do you know him well enough to confront your circumstance with who he is? And what he's really like. Next, Paul brings up salvation. So, okay, I kind of covered this a little bit in righteousness already. But salvation, we have been given. We have been given. Listen to me. One of the key factors in, in being protected from the evil one is knowing you didn't earn it. Didn't we just sing that? I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Every one of us can say that. None of us has earned anything. No matter how hard you work, no matter how many years, or no matter how, how, how much you've done, You can't earn salvation. It's given to you for free. And that's the beauty. That is the beauty of being a Christian. All other religions of the world, we're earning something. We're following rules. We're trying to get in the good graces of God so we don't die and come back as a a worm or something. (laughs) By the way, that's not true. That, That whole idea and the whole deal of Uh, Karma, yeah, not so. Now, there is a scriptural idea of sowing and reaping. But you planted the seeds. Yes, that's absolutely true. But God can even overcome that in your life. Through His mercy and His love. Salvation's for free. Next, the Word of God. Okay, this is the only offensive weapon he talks about. The Word of God is literally saying what God says. Now, I heard a question a while back, and I think it's, it, it bears saying, uh, you know, asking again, in whose mouth is the Word of God more powerful? Jesus' mouth or your mouth? And the answer is, it's the same. Because it's His Word. Every miracle that's recorded in Scripture is people saying the Word of God, speaking. Every miracle that happens in this life is when we come into agreement with the Word of God. Men and women, we overcome what's thrown at us in this life through these things. We overcome 
You want to be an overcomer? You want to stand in the midst of a wicked and dark generation? These are the ways that we do it. And we begin to overcome the problems in our life once again by speaking the things that God is speaking from the Scriptures and from the Holy Spirit that's the right here, right now Word of God. Yeah? Okay. This passage is not done. I'll get to the rest of it. I may do that next week. I want to read you something I wrote. It is, it is continuing to stand faithfully through the trials of this dark world that form us into men and women of God that are filled with compassion for the plight of others that becomes the heart of our cries to the Father for help for, on the part of all people. That compassion, that loving plea for God's intervention that is the most drastic and is, is the most drastic and effective assault on spiritual forces of darkness in this world. To expect that we, go, we won't go through pain or suffering because we're children of God isn't realistic. We overcome what comes our way through all these things. And it transforms us into world changers. See, because where we used to condemn someone for their mistakes or judge them for their mistakes, and when you've lived through your own mistakes and seen God's transformation in your life, now you have compassion. Remember in the the Gospels, anytime it says, and Jesus felt compassion, pay attention to what happens next. The world's going to change. And he's working his compassion in our hearts. Because see, if you read, the, read on in the passage, this, this passage of warfare isn't done. Verses, well, let me read 18 and 19. Paul says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and, and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, the words will be given to given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Because ultimately our warfare doesn't end with these things we put on. It's just starting. Our true attack, our true attacking the king, the domain of darkness. By the way, it is not the kingdom of darkness. They're, they have no king. They just have a pathetic dis- defiled angel. He ain't no king. Did you know the devil will not rule hell? That is a, that is a, God himself rules hell. He's just going to be another screaming, wailing, teeth gnashing thing in the fire. The devil is just going to be another screaming, wailing, teeth gnashing thing in the fire. He don't rule nothing. And he's terrified that we will arise and be the children of God. With good reason. With good reason. See, all those armaments, that analogy that Paul uses of Roman armaments is so that you can stand and not fall. So that you can stand in this generation. But the true attack weapon that we have is prayer. 
It is prayer. We are making a way before us. And I'm calling us as a people into deeper, consistent prayer. Don't let busy keep you from praying. Don't let how this world works keep you from calling out to God. See, the devil can beat us. But when we call out to God and we abide in the things he's given us, he cannot win. He's telling us to pray for two things. And I'm going to wrap this up. Pray for one another faithfully. Faithfully be lifting up this, this house and the church in the world. Pray. We're part of the process. Well, why doesn't God just do it on his own? Because he wants you involved. He wants you to care. He wants you to be a part of the answer. Because that's how he always made it to be. Secondly, he prayed for, for bold advancement of the gospel. Paul ain't here to preach it anymore, so somebody's going to need to. Anybody here want to see a whole bunch of people saved? Let's all stand. As a matter of fact, if you want to see a whole bunch of people saved... Come on up here. We're going to pray together. Those of you at home, let's, you can join in this prayer. God wants to raise evangelists in this season that can take the love of God and the salvation of God to those in desperate need in this world. I'm going to ask another group of people. Some of you may be up here already. If you don't pray, if you don't have the gift of, of praying and speaking in tongues. I'm going to pray over this. And I just want you to ask for it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's not a creepy weird thing. Somewhere down the line. See if the devil can deceive people. Especially the church. Yeah. Into thinking oh that tongues it scares me. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Why would that scare you? He's the one that loves you right? right? It's beautiful. It's like praying everything you ever wanted to pray. But didn't know. It's beautiful. Let's put our hand on our heart. Father, I ask you over this house, over us, that you will make us filled with the good news. Lord Jesus, we don't want to be salesmen. Pressure packed trying to torque somebody's arm into doing something they don't want to do. Just fill us with the good news. Fill us with good news of peace. Fill us with hope. Let it come out of our mouths. Lord, save us from being negative. Save us from hopelessness. Save us from the focus on the world that's stealing our peace. And fill us. Help us focus on you, Lord Jesus, so that we will be filled with your peace. And it'll come out of our mouths because people around us will feel the impact of your peace, of your good news. Lord, and I'm asking you if, you, if you want to receive the gift of tongues, just raise, raise your hand. I'm raising mine. It's a good thing. Lord, I ask you for anybody who wants to receive that. Lord, now we just release that gift into your life. Let it come as it comes. We want you to know that it's really Him.
We want you to know that it's really him. Lord, take us beyond. Lord, sweep out of our thoughts, out of our minds, anything that would inhibit us just moving easily by your Spirit. Now, I'm asking you, everybody else that wants to minister the love of God to somebody this week, you want a divine encounter, let's raise your hand with me. Say, here I am, Lord, pick me. Pick me! Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm asking for divine encounters with co-workers, family members, people we don't even know in the store, those that we find, you know, broke down by the side of the road. Lord, those that we run into wherever we're at in Jesus' name, I ask you for a divine encounter. And I pray for an anointing on each one of these to release whatever's needed in the moment, whether it's hope or peace or healing or just an invitation to know the risen Son of God. I pray for divine encounters for all of us. Fill this place with those who are being saved from darkness. Saved from the fire. Saved from eternal damnation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-A-R-D.com. 